Boy had a chick from Brooklyn. Welcome to another episode of Your Husband Needs a Girlfriend. Exploring your relationships through my reality. Join the conversation with your host, Natasha Wright. I heard you've been looking for me. What? I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I just, I already know. I, I already know y'all was going to act up. Yes, I've been on hiatus, not on purpose, especially since I dropped the trailer for season three. So I recorded the the episodes for season three in its entirety. And I was organized and very intentional, but I don't know. I got distracted. You know, I got distracted with the thing that pays me, my, my job. And every time I thought, all right, I'm going to release an episode this week. I just pushed it back and... Pushing it back one week turned into two months. And I know I'm trifling. I heard y'all messages. Ooh, y'all sensitive. Y'all know y'all don't know me, right? Y'all don't know me. Y'all just know my business. I realized that uh, some of you listen to the episodes while you're at work. And some of you listen to it for entertainment. And I appreciate it. I do. I appreciate the kind words, even though some of y'all were a little rough for me. But um, I don't mind too much roughness. You know, it adds texture to life. My partner was also beefing with me about how, how much I use foul language in my podcast. And I was like, but you don't curse at all. That's, I mean, you got to offer context here. She's one of those sugar honey iced tea people, which is so annoying. Just say the fucking word. So I decided to uh, do what happily married people who want to stay married do. I just deleted the Spotify and Apple off her phone because I'm not going to let you stress me out. You know, just I, I unsubscribed her from my bullshit. Well... Technically, we unsubscribed her because you're complicit if you're listening to this podcast, okay? So yeah, we we won't have to worry about the long gap in between seasons. I appreciate your patience. Signed, management. (laughs) Are you new here? Yeah, you. The one with the nice teeth. Let me reintroduce my podcast so you know what you're getting yourself into. I am a salon owner in New York. I've been doing that for the past 10 years. Most of my workday is spent twisting locks and talking shit. And probably figuring out why my edges are not growing in that great. Some of my clients love me. Uh, They love that their hairstyle comes with a side of entertainment. And then others are sick of me because you can see it in their eyes, you know. So I I just wanted to discover a new platform where I could share my thoughts and dissect some of yours. Your husband needs a girlfriend is a podcast. That's it. We explore relationship nuances, whether it's platonic, romantic, professional. I just want you to think outside the box and accept that it's okay to be a little uncomfortable in the process. Is this podcast a think tank? No. (laughs) 
Will you hear something extremely profound? Probably not. But I think many of us live in these monolithic societies where people just stop evolving. And I may not be talking about you, but I could be talking about you. You're not really compromising your family values by listening to this content. You're just acknowledging that dogma, which are those weird rules that have existed forever but make absolutely no sense, like greasing your scalp every day. Yeah, you're not supposed to do that. I just think it's destructive to your spirit. You're not really happy. You're sending your representative, (laughs) but you deep down inside, you're not happy. So let's try to figure this whole life thing out together. Let's get started. Today, I know y'all want to hear a story. That's not what I'm doing today. That'll be for the next episode. Today, I want to explore our dysfunctional relationship with this customer service thing in Jamaican restaurants because we need to highlight this whole Keith Lee situation that happened in Atlanta. That was back in October. And then he came to, to New York in December of 2023. Let's, let's compare Atlanta restaurants with Jamaican restaurants. You down? Okay. One of the benefits of living in New York City is that every Caribbean community makes a pit stop there. They open restaurants, they offer authentic flavors, and in some cases, unique experiences. You know, when when I've gone to Sugarcane on Flatbush Avenue uh, or Mango Seed, I really love that restaurant. They only have five menu items and that's it. But I I like that. You know, something special about each experience, but... uh, There's a harmony that even if you are not from that country, you can still feel like you're a part of their culture. You already know that the Trinis got the doubles on lock. So we're not even going to touch that. Now, my people, Panamanians, they got the bacon codfish going. Yes, they make bacon codfish. And then the Haitians, they have mastered the grill. But then you got these Jamaican restaurants. And if you've ever wondered if the rumor about poor customer service being a side dish at a Jamaican restaurant, it is absolutely true. I think that the service becomes even more abusive if the restaurant serves oxtail. What do you think? Oxtail is their hero product. The oxtail, okay, used to be the scrap meat, just like lobster. It's now a delicacy for some reason. Do you know that lobster and crab are the roaches of the seas? The same thing with oxtail, but it's a ton of money now. And I think that because of the inflating cost of oxtail, finding a restaurant that doesn't run out by two o'clock, it's, it's almost impossible. You probably don't even know where the ox come from. I didn't know either. I had to Google it. I found out that oxes have to be at least four years old and they have to be trained as draft animals. So like animals that are working on a farm, they're usually castrated male cattle, cows and bulls can be trained to be an ox. And why are y'all only cooking the tail? Technically that's real close to the ass and ass just stores shit. 
I probably do not want to go down that rabbit hole because I might discover things that will prevent me from ever eating again. Yeah. I, I've lived in Brooklyn for most of my life and I come from a Panamanian family. So the foods, they taste like a cross between Cuban, Mexican, and Jamaican food. The black Panamanians, which are the people that you've met, you've never met a white Panamanian because they're not leaving the country in droves because they don't have to deal with discrimination. But that is another episode. The black Panamanians that you've met have roots in Jamaica, Costa Rica, Barbados. So we tend to frequent Jamaican restaurants because of the flavors. But in all of the years that I have patronized Jamaican restaurants, I have only had one experience that was positive. And it was a spot on Church Avenue, right in Flatbush. It was it was off of Albany. It was like one of those five-in-one spots where it was a Jamaican restaurant. They also sold pizza. They ran numbers. It was across the street from Family Dollar. So if you're a Flatbush head, you know exactly where it is. But outside of that experience, yeah, everything has been negative. So I moved to Long Island four years ago and I'm thinking, oh, the Jamaican restaurants are going to be decent. You know, everyone is calm. People are touching grass. It should be a different experience. It is absolutely not. The customer service in Long Island is just as shitty as the the service in Brooklyn. And the chicks at the counter look the same. They got that same questionable weave with uh, bleached hands and 10 pounds of makeup looking like they either just came in from the club or they're about to go to one. And you know they never have nothing, right? They always want to know. I want to know. What food did you start the day with? I want to know what y'all had at 11 o'clock in the morning. Because it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon and y'all already ran out of stew chicken. I'm confused about how that happens. How do you only have white rice? This is not a Chinese restaurant. Have you noticed that they never have plantains either? Plantains are not seasonal. You can get them all year round. I feel like I'm also here to defend the honor of people who are tired of y'all claiming that that dead ass cabbage is a veggie. Mm -mm. As far as I'm concerned, it's equivalent to corn. It has absolutely no nutritional value. Well, technically, I could be wrong. If it's not green, is it a veggie? Oh, I sound real slow. (laughs) I should have Googled that, right? Well, as far as I'm concerned, if it's not green... It ain't a veggie. And that cabbage ain't green. Jamaican restaurants, this is for you. Instead of sharing with the world how incompetent you guys are with monitoring your inventory, just reduce the menu. Y'all never have everything. If we compare the Jamaican restaurant experience to Atlanta restaurants, you know it's going to be the same, right? So Keith Lee... He's a, he's an MMA fighter who, who's turned into a food critic. He visits Atlanta to explore like these mom and pop restaurants. And his reviews are pretty honest. You know, he always pays for his food. He leaves a tip if he likes it. And he's going viral every week. So he goes to a restaurant called Milk and Honey. That's supposed to be open until 5 p.m. It's a Saturday. It's 4 o'clock. And the family try to put in a DoorDash order, but that's closed off. 
Then his family calls the restaurant directly and they say, oh, they're closed for deep cleaning, but they could see that the restaurant was open. So he sees the doors open and he sends his family in to get a to-go order and it just never happened. They're ignored when they walk in. People are still sitting down eating, but the customer service was poor. So the family walks back out and Keith does a review. And I think that he was fair. He was fair about his experience. And he even spoke about those lists of rules that make absolutely no sense that were in the restaurant. I will equate those rules as the rules that those Instagram stylists create, the the ones that tell you that you have to come shampoo. Yeah, them. And to be honest with you, Jamaican restaurants always got those neon signs stuck on a wall talking about oxtail gravy is $2. Yeah. (laughs) So they're no different. If you think about it, Atlanta and Jamaican restaurants are the same animal. So anyway, uh, the family realized that they're just, you know, they're not going to be able to get any food and they move on to another restaurant. And I was thinking to myself when I was watching all the coverage about this, how could this really be? Atlanta is known for its modesty and tradition. And then I just figured it out. Atlanta is not Atlanta anymore. Atlanta is New York's overflow. And I will say this out loud as well. New Yorkers have questionable ethics. I think that the influx of of northern transplants just ruined the fabric of the city. It's it's never going to be the same. Atlanta became the catch-all. If you get out of jail, go to Atlanta. If you were struggling in New York, go to Atlanta. If you wanted more bang for your buck and, and larger land size, go to Atlanta. If you wanted to transfer your Section 8 voucher to a warmer city, go to Atlanta. So now it's 2023, the crime and unemployment rate in Atlanta is higher than New York. You can't even leave your car anywhere because they'll break into your vehicle at a stoplight while you're in it. I'm not sure how people are managing. And it doesn't matter how nice the community is, whether it's a gated mansion, a high rise, you're either a victim of a crime or adjacent to a crime occurring. So let's get back to this Keith Lee thing when he was in Atlanta. He goes to this crime-ridden, weathering labor force, poor customer service, filled with New Yorkers, and chicks that are 59 years old wearing baby hair, trying out some food. It just, it ain't work out. And in all fairness, I, I will admit that Atlanta and New York restaurants are experiencing a major strain because... If you can imagine, here you are trying to live out your dreams and you have to rely on someone who can't walk and chew gum at the same time to operate the front of the house. You've had three different cooks over the past two years and Mr. Brown, who is 74 years old and in charge of inventory, keeps stealing the top shelf liquor. I think that... I think that what's lacking in these... Atlanta restaurants is the same thing lacking in Jamaican restaurant systems. Just systems. There should be a clear and concise formula 
when you're dealing with online orders, eating orders, to-go orders, and, and just the overall customer experience. So you have this food critic that goes to a subpar restaurant absent of any systems where the culture is devolving into this fast food experience. Bruh, what what you think is going to happen? Restaurant owners, they do understand results, but processes are just as important. Tell me if you agree with the following statement. The caliber of your customers are a reflection of the owner. If your systems are dysfunctional and they lack integrity, this is also who you're serving. And you're probably thinking, well, what does one have to do with the other, right? Just give me five more minutes and I'll I'll get you there. I'll make sure that I make my point. If you own a restaurant that requires a jacket in order for people to enter, everyone sitting at the table should have a jacket on. If you get flexible and you start making exceptions, you open a door to anyone. Then the quality is compromised. And if the quality is compromised, the servers don't have to be as qualified. And if the servers are not as trained, then you already know the cook just got out of jail from doing a bid. And no shade to the prison community. I know y'all heard my Tyrone episode. I'm just saying. Have you ever heard of that term, talk with your feet? This means that you express your your opinion and your feelings, not by verbalizing them, but through action. So if you walk into a Jamaican restaurant and Jackie or Peter Gay, because you know those are the two most common Jamaican names, Jackie and Peter Gay, if they're rude, I can assure you that the food from yesterday that was sitting all day under that hot lamp, you eating that today. The pot that fell over the counter and was scooped back up with the mice droppings and the dirt from last week. Yeah, that's that's you too. And those dandruff flakes that's caught in those hairnets because they've been patting them weaves all day. That's in your porridge. Everything is connected. Am I ODing? No, I'm not. I don't think so. I think we just have to collectively stop patronizing Jamaican restaurants that offer poor customer service because we're part of the problem. And for those of you who are in the process of opening a restaurant or you want constructive feedback, my suggestion is that you hire a consultant who is well-versed in this industry. And I know it's an expense. I know it could possibly set you back $10,000, but it's going to pay off in the long run. When you pray for rain, you also got to deal with the mud too. Why am I quoting the equalizer? <laughs> I was in my head for some reason. Was I trying to sound smart? Anyway, tune into the next episode where I share a personal story. I know you guys love that. I'm back. Thanks for listening. Until next time.